novices seek and need positive feedback because it keeps them working at something they're not very good at. But there's a tipping point. As someone becomes an expert, they deliberately seek out negative feedback so they know how to keep improving now that their mistakes are fewer and subtler. That is from a study called Tell Me What I Did Wrong from the book Barking Up the Wrong Tree. It's a great one. I definitely recommend it. And I think that's a great segue into this week's Animator's Journey podcast episode about how to be the best animation student. I have five tips to becoming a better animation student. But before that, I wanna say if you are beginning or continuing your animation journey, check out animatorsjourney.com where I've created a comprehensive and focused accelerated animation program if you're a beginner with no experience or you are continuing your journey and maybe you've plateaued and you need some help then check out the intermediate course nine times out of ten if someone doesn't know if they should go in the beginner or intermediate course then they need to start at beginner because it's that important to nail down these fundamental principles that you need in your animation that most schools gloss over or just speed you through so you're always struggling and you plateau before you should. So check out animatorsjourney.com to get started. So where did I get these five ideas? It's because I have taught dozens of people in a private mentorship group at animatorsjourney.com as well as I literally have over 70,000 students enrolled in my other online courses. I'm just reflecting to you what I see. I'm not making this stuff up. I'm just seeing the results that students get when they get given the exact same information and I see students have different results. This is the five things that I see different between the students. So number one, consistency. Consistency is incredibly important because animation takes time. You need to devote and invest your time consistently. It doesn't have to be five hours every day. Even if you're sitting down for 30 minutes every day, that's more important to me than if you wait the entire week and then just sit down for an hour or two on a Saturday or Sunday. That's not going to get you as good results because especially early in your animation journey, you want to be building muscle memory muscle memory with the software that you're learning, as well as muscle memory in terms of concepts and how you're thinking and approaching animation, these neurons need to start to really connect and make strong bonds. And they're not gonna be able to do that if you're taking long breaks in between when you're sitting down at the computer and doing the work. You don't wanna be relearning every time you sit down at the computer. So it's also really an efficiency question. It's more efficient to be more consistent. Number two, active listening during reviews. Or if I'm giving written feedback, same thing applies. There is a myth about being a visual, auditory, or touch learning type of person. And I feel like people who are maybe struggling with feedback or material, they may lean on these concepts and these myths that are not actually backed by any science whatsoever. Even though 90% of teachers around the world buy into this concept of kind of learning styles, which has no basis in science whatsoever, and I think it perpetuates and gives students a crutch to lean on if they're having difficulty instead of leaning into the material. I say this in regards to active listening during reviews because we really wanna focus on the material and not just about our own introspective learning styles, which is a made up thing if you look at the research. So active listening, that's not just passively sitting back and applying a paint by numbers approach when you get feedback on your shot and you're just gonna say checkbox here, checkbox there, I did that, I did this. 
Active listening involves you beginning to develop a mental model about the way that I'm thinking or whoever is mentoring you, the way that they're thinking and the reason behind the notes that they're giving you. Because you want to begin to adopt that mindset and adjust it and make it your own and reinterpret it. But you need to leverage other people's knowledge and decades of experience and absorb that into your own. You don't want to just be given an instruction manual and just blindly follow it. You want to start to absorb this into your DNA. So you should be actively listening and not leaning on crutches of visual auditory or whatever learning. I have a different learning style or I don't whatever. You need to be focusing on the reviews and the material in an active listening way. Okay. And part of this goes to the, I see the best students are the best listeners. So being a great listener, you will be able to tell if you're not doing a good job of that, if you're talking more than the instructor is. You're not there to hear yourself talk. You're there to hear someone else talk and you want to absorb that information. You can't do that when you're the one talking all the time. This is part of the reason why I like to teach in a private setting because a lot of times when you get into a group setting, there may be some insecurities, especially when you're a novice, it's natural. And some people like to ease their insecurities by doing a lot of talking. Unfortunately, that takes up everyone else's time in a group setting. That's why I don't really like group settings for focused mentorship, because if the instructor isn't adept at controlling the conversation, you could be in a group where the instructor is allowing a student to dominate the time that you should be learning from the instructor. And instead you're listening to a student ramble on about something or some insecurity they're trying to hide by proactively talking about other stuff or how much they already know, which has no bearing on what you're trying to learn. I think it has a place and group settings can be good. And that's why I incorporate Sunday calls with my students so that there is a group element to it, but it is not where they're getting the majority of their feedback so that we can focus and they can hear exactly what I'm saying without any interruptions from anyone else or having to wait for their turn. So listen more than you speak in reviews and be ready to absorb. Imagine you are going to have to relay the information you're receiving to someone else. Imagine the shot that you're doing is actually someone else's shot and you're just sitting in for them to receive the feedback. That means you're gonna have to be a really good listener and that's the kind of attitude you should take into these reviews or if I'm sending a text kind of note bullet point list, that's how you should be reading into the insight and the reasons why I'm giving you that. I'll be explaining that stuff typically in detail, but some instructors don't go that far. So you need to read between the lines sometimes. So that's number two. There's a lot to that active listening during reviews or the material. Number three, don't be afraid to redo work and rewatch material lessons or reread material because this is a difficult thing to learn animation and repetition is going to be your friend. So don't get defensive if you feel like you're not getting it or have or beat yourself up that you have to rewatch something that you didn't get it the first time. That's gonna be the way it needs to be. You need to lean into that and go with that because when I was learning, I actually did every assignment that I was assigned, I did it twice. I did it really quickly the first time so I could figure out what I was going to be getting wrong. And then I used that knowledge into the second time to do a better version of that. 
and use that knowledge so I could go further and faster on the second version. I had no problems redoing work. I would throw stuff away immediately and just start over if I needed to. I would go back to lessons or my notes that I wrote down and really dig in and not be afraid of revisiting stuff because I knew repetition was gonna be my friend. Number four, have life experiences. We are animators. We are bringing something to life. So we need to have experienced life if we're going to do that. We can't be studying a facsimile of or a copy of life by only looking at animation for forever. We really need to be students of life. And to be able to do that, we need to have our own experiences and our own lives outside of animation. There's something called proprioception, where you basically can entune and embody the kind of motion and intuit that what that emotion, what that motion is. And you can't really do that unless you can perform that action or a similar action and have a sense of what is occurring. And by using your body in life, you are going to have an advantage. I've seen animators who were break dancers and they picked up animation really quickly because they understood timing and natural rhythm that occurred in music and dance and having that life experience really helped them. For me, it was doing all types of athletics from running, swimming, climbing, flying, hang gliders, doing all types of physical activities, I think really informed my sense of weight, how long something takes, and the effort behind something and the biomechanics it takes for something to achieve a certain motion. And having that experience, you just intuitively begin to know that it's ingrained in your own body. And so that can come through your fingertips and into the computer. Number five, take your time. I pride myself in giving an accelerated experience in the stuff that I teach and the methods that I use. But at the same time, I want people to take their time in the way that they're learning. So for example, in my beginner self-study, people can take as long as they want to finish it. Other programs you have to get done in a certain number of weeks and then you're out. And when students finish that course, they think just by the nature of them going through those six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 weeks that they've mastered that material. And that's usually not the case. But because they just got passed through and the course ended, they assume that they have mastered that knowledge. As opposed to the alternative is take as long as it takes for you to get the quality and master that material. Sometimes it takes four weeks, six weeks, seven weeks, eight weeks, 10 weeks. You don't know until you're doing it. And that's why it's difficult, especially for people starting out, to get lulled into a false sense of security of mastering something that they haven't really mastered only because the course they were in finished after a set number of weeks. And that's a really dangerous place to be in because then you're gonna go pursue things that you shouldn't be doing because you don't know how to do it and you're just gonna show that you don't know how to do that thing when you waste time doing it. As opposed to really taking your time, learning the fundamentals, and taking however long that takes to learn for your own, even if you're doing like self-study, don't advance before you're ready. Take your time, all right? And that's my methodology. That's my philosophy in teaching animation and why I've set up stuff the way that I teach. And whether you learn with me or not, just consider that for your own education 
that you need to take your time, especially early on, so that you're not advancing before you're ready. This also has to do with number two in terms of active listening during reviews. Taking your time is important because I have an example here where I've spent maybe 20 minutes going over a sync sketch link, drawing drawovers, typing up comments, explaining how to do something, drawing the spacing out, and I take 20, 25 minutes to go through one little animation, and I send that off to the students, and within 15, 20 minutes, I get a new version back from that student. So the amount of time it took me to actually give the notes, they've turned around a new version. Now, without even opening and looking at that new version, I know they didn't hit everything right because there's no way they could have hit all those notes and then accommodated for those notes to make sure everything else continued to work seamlessly in those transitions between the notes to blend everything and keep it going, the stuff that was fine, but you still need to marry that with the notes. That takes time and you need to apply this accumulated knowledge and not just say paint by numbers. If I give the note to move the leg over here and you move the leg over here, but you don't account for all the other notes I've been giving about knee pops and all that kind of a thing. And you just think moving the foot over here is gonna solve all that. And you don't even watch your animation back and you just hit all these check boxes as quickly as you can and turn around a version as quickly as you can without applying all, all of your accumulated knowledge is not gonna be productive for you or me. I'm gonna be frustrated because you're not applying your own <laughs> accumulated knowledge. Let's say this is the 15th version of this thing. And up till now, we've been polishing this thing for 15 versions. And then right at the end, you're just trying to turn around something really quickly and you're just causing more problems than you're solving because you aren't applying your accumulated knowledge because you're not taking your time, which is this fifth one. Take your time. If I'm giving notes, you want to apply the accumulated knowledge of all the notes I've given up till then and the new ones. That would be a big concern for me as a teacher if I'm spending 20, 25, 30 minutes reviewing an animation and then there's a new version within 15 or 20 minutes. It just tells me from the very beginning, you're not valuing the feedback I'm giving you. You're not valuing your own time and your own animation and putting in the time that it takes to achieve a certain level of quality, especially if this is like our 10th, 15th, 20th time doing a revision, we're really just spinning our wheels here. So slow down, take your time, make sure you're hitting the notes exactly because when you get into a production setting and if you're doing that, you are not gonna get rehired. It's not an efficient way to work if I'm giving you notes and then you hit a few of them and then you cause 10 more problems that you should be able to identify by that stage of your progress. And we gotta go back and then go fix those 10. But because you didn't also apply your accumulated knowledge again, then you create 10 more problems and we just keep chasing our tail. So you need to be able to accommodate for notes and take your time with that because note taking and applying notes is really half the job of an animator. And being a student is the safest place to do that without threat of losing a job because you don't have a job, <laughs> you're a student. So take your time, slow down, make sure applying the notes effectively and broadly so that you're not creating more problems than you're solving. Because again, if you do this when you have a job, this is not going to bode well for you because you will be seen as someone who can't manage a shot or take notes and feedback 
without creating new problems. It's, it's just a bad combination. Take that with a grain of salt because you are a new student. You will be beginning. You will have difficulties and challenges to overcome. Hopefully these five tips will help you. Being consistent, active listening during reviews and the material. Number three is being not afraid to redo work or rewatch lessons or re-go back through your notes. Number four is getting out of your chair and having life experiences. Don't just be an animation-y animator who has no life outside of animation. That's not going to make for interesting animation or decisions. And take your time. Apply the feedback with your accumulated knowledge and don't create more problems than you're trying to solve. And if you have trouble, then talk to your if you have a job, you would talk to your lead or your supervisor. If you're a student, you would be talking to your mentor or asking questions or sending a revision and acknowledging the issues that you're having instead of sending a version and saying and marking it as final without ever having the instructor tell you that it's final. It's it's a bit presumptuous to, to do that. So you don't want to come off that way and you want to be receiving information and always learning, not talking more than you're listening and that kind of a thing. It's totally fine to have a conversation and discuss things, but you want to be careful when you start to lecture the teacher about things, about all the things that you know. They're there to help you and not really hear all of that experience that you may or may not have or pretend to have or whatnot. The same way your supervisor isn't really going to be there to listen to you talk about your own experience. I would say also when you get your first job, this same rule applies. If I'm sitting in a room full of people who have 20 or 30 years more experience than me, I am not going to say a word because I want to absorb as much information from these people as possible. I'll ask the shortest focused questions I can think of and sit back and listen. And that's the way that I would encourage you to be a student as well. And because once you graduate, quote air quotes, or you finish a course, you're still a student. I'm still a student. I teach and I'm absolutely still a student. That's why I love animation. And so that's the attitude I still take. I haven't lost that. And even though I'm doing a lot more talking and listening, obviously this is a one directional thing, having a podcast, but I hope that these five things and all my commentary around them have helped you focus your attention and energy on how to be the best animation student you can be so you can also start working or achieving your goals in your own personal work as quickly as possible and do that in the most efficient way. If you want help doing that, check out animatorsjourney.com. Otherwise, I wish you the best and I hope to see you next time on the next Animator's Journey podcast episode. Thanks for listening.